Well, we've got some challenges here this morning, mainly it's this wind. And uh, I've got loose notes, and so we have loose notes, and, and challenge of the wind, it's just a little bit different. So if you see a paper just go flying that way, if I've already finished that page, then take it and carry it home with you. If you see it going that way, if I hadn't, then grab it and run it back to me if you would. <laughs> because I just believe there's some important things we want to say today that have to do with this year that God has cranked up here for us. This year, 2021. Now, I, I want to share, I'm going to attempt to share what I sh- attempted to share yesterday in a special partial leadership gathering here at the church as, uh, as I w- was trying to share what I felt like God was saying to us over this year. Uh, but I didn't do, you know, some days you just have off days. And so yesterday is the way it seemed to me, just kind of off day. I stumble for words. I a lot of times when I'm trying to say, uh, I can think about what I'm wanting to say, but at the same time trying to find the right words to be able to say it, it just kind of flees from me. So that's kind of the way it was. So I'm making another stab today because I'm trusting God. Not that you hear my communication, but I trust the Lord that God's going to help us hear what He wants us to hear, that that is from Him. That He is the one that empowers our communication, and the Lord is going to be the one that clarifies it today. So I want you to just stay with me just for a few moments. Once you want you to have your Bibles, there maybe you got them on an iPad, maybe you got them on an iPhone, or maybe you got the good old-fashioned Bible that has pages associated with it. If you would, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, because of my age, I've got to slip on my glasses this morning and uh, try to read it here. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, 30, uh, verse 18. I believe this needs to be a Scripture that is put in or one scripture that is put in your arsenal for this year. If you want to win this year, then I believe this needs to be one of the scriptures that you have in your arsenal of scriptures. So if you wouldn't mark this scripture out of some version, out of some version of the Bible, mark this scripture and use it, I believe there will be many opportunities to use it this year. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. So God's supposed to give us a direction. And the direction is this. Don't look at what you see. But we fix our gaze on things that we cannot see. Well, there, there's a responsibility God's just given me. If I'm going to watch the Lord turn things around in my life this year, then I've got to be willing not to get, put my gaze on what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling or what I'm touching. I've got to believe something greater. And I've got to put my gaze on the things that are unseen, but that's promised me in the Word of God. So whatever it is that God has promised you, that's what you've got to determine. I'm going to set my gaze upon it, and I'm going to refuse to take my gaze off of what I see is happening around me. Because the devil is going to do as much as he can to confuse you and to bring you into a place to try to convince you that God's not answering that prayer. But we know that God is faithful. And so what we've got to do, we've got to do our part. And our part is cooperating with God. I've got to believe what He said. I've got to get my faith activated. So what I must do, I must make a commitment. I'm going to fix my eyes in a certain direction. Now, I believe this is more than fixing your physical eyes. I mean, it's fixing your spiritual eyes. It's fixing your determination. It's fixing your direction that you're going in your life. You've determined, this is what God's promised me, so I'm going to fix my gaze. I'm going to 
fix my determination. And no matter what the devil tries to say or do or show me, I'm not going to believe what I see. I'm going to believe what God says. Now, the next part of this verse says, For the things that we see will soon be gone. It said, But the things that we cannot see will last forever. That's some powerful promises from the Word of the Lord. Uh, I want to talk to you about the about what the devil is trying to retaliate back. I, I believe, see, the devil, I believe in a lot of ways he did not do what he wanted to do this past year. And I believe you're still living, so you can say amen to that. You've got breath in, you, got breath in your lungs, so you can literally say the devil didn't do all of what he wanted to do. Now, he may have fought you, he may have tried to resist you, he may have tried to beat you down, he may have tried to put some things upon you, but... He wasn't able to do what he wanted. Because the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it was the will of the devil to kill you. To kill your life. To kill your influence. To destroy your happiness. To wipe out everything. To destroy your ministry. See, that was the will of the devil. But he wasn't able to. Somebody say, but God. See, it was God's working in us to, to protect us. And to maybe say to the devil, so far no more. Well, that's what, that's what happened in all of our lives. But it made the devil mad because with coronavirus, just that one issue, I'm talking about not even talking about the racial issue, not even really talking about the political issue, but in the one issue of coronavirus, what his will was was to totally take a generation of people out. He tried to, he tried to take a generation of people, it was his will to take a, a generation completely out of this world and leave the younger generation without the wisdom of the older generation. But he failed. He has not been able to accomplish. Now I know there's been many, many deaths and we certainly don't talk light of that. Been much hurt, much pain. But I'm just saying the devil didn't do all of what he was wanting to do. But, so he's retaliated. And I think that part of what was revealed to me that his retaliation is that the devil has brought us into our, it, this year. This is to be a year of tremendous fog. What does that mean? The devil is going to try to deceive us. The devil is going to try to convince us. To, because in a fog, you can't see clearly. In a fog, you imagine all kind of bad things. In a fog, and it begins to rob your faith. It's hard to stay on the right path in the midst of a fog. It's hard to drive in, in a fog with peace of mind or peace of heart because you, you're always imagining what's coming out of that fog. But I believe with all my heart that God is going to give us the power to overcome the fog by not looking at the fog that we see, but looking at the promise that we believe. And if we will allow this year to be a year of trusting God, of believing, and refusing to go by what we see or feel or touch, then I tell you what, this year is going to be a turnaround year in all of our life. It's the will of the devil that this be a disastrous year. It's the will of the devil that what he didn't do last year in your life that he wants to do this year. But it's the will of God to give me life and to give me life more abundantly. And if you're determined God's going to win for you this year, give a horn blow, would you? Let's just hear a sound of praise as we determine that God's going to win for us this year. Now, in the midst of this fog, we don't have to go far in Scripture where we certainly find representations of this. It was Paul that was in a ship as he was traveling to Rome as a prisoner. But the Bible says this huge storm came up. And before that storm seed, 
that it became as a fog or as a night to them. They literally could not see anything. But because Paul had an inward sight that he was able to see inwardly, he was able to trust God inwardly because he had some promises of God, then Paul was able not only to come out of that fog, of that storm, not only was he able to come out of it with his own life, but everybody that was traveling with him came out alive. And I'm here to tell you that if you trust God this year, honey, not only will you come out, but God's going to bring all of those that you care about out of this fog too. So we've got to have our trust in the Lord. All right, now, the enemy will try and use this fog. He'll try to use this fog to, to, to try to pull us off course, to cause us not to be able to discourage us. This has been such a fog of depression. This has been such a... If you've been, going, if you've been fighting back depression, if you've been fighting back discouragement, I want you to say you're, you're welcome, then you're, you're, you're accepted by about... 90% of society. Because that's one of the spirits that the enemy has also released against us. Is that spirit of discouragement. Because what the devil just can't convince you that God's not going to help you, the devil will try to discourage you to make you think it's just not going to get there in time. But in the name of Jesus, we're going to overcome this fog. But what's going to help answer for this fog is going to be a discernment. You know, it's amazing as you look through the New Testament how many times the New Testament uses that word discernment. The Bible says not only is it ability, ability, a spiritual, a gift that can be developed in us, but the Bible says that we can discern good and evil. God's going to help you even in the midst of fog through the spirit of discernment, through the Holy Spirit discerning through us, we're able to discern what's God and what's not God. In fact, the Bible says, New Testament says, that God's going to, we want our discernment to develop, to discern in all things. God wants to help us. God knew that there's going to be years of fog like this is, and God wanted us to be able to make it. So he said the answer for being able to navigate in the midst of fog is the ability to discern, the ability to see the inward heart of the issue. The ability to see what God is doing when all you can see is what the devil's doing. So the Lord is helping us with the Spirit. So if there's any prayer that you need to be praying this year, you need to be asking God, Lord, I ask you for the Spirit of discernment. And Lord, I ask you to help me to develop this Spirit. And that's why I spent about four months last year teaching and preaching here at the close of the year on hearing the voice of God. Because it's two important things if you're caught in the midst of a fog. And, and, and my picture of that in my mind is a ship that's trying to find its way to dock. It's trying to get to the dock. Because I'm going to tell you what, God has a fulfillment of our promises. Not only does God have a promise to give us, but God has a spiritual fulfillment that God wants to bring to every promise that He's given to you. So that's like that ship that's trying to get to dock. But what happens is that the fog settles in, and if you're a, if you're a, have been anywhere around ships, you understand and know that in the midst of fog, you can be right close to the dock, and you can't see it, and seemingly you can't find it, and if you don't watch yourself, you'll be sailing back out to sea, and you miss the fulfillment of the promise that God has for you. But through that's where discernment. You know, there's two things that's important to the 
to a ship's captain out there. Is that number one is that lighthouse. And that's what lighthouses were for. That, that even in the midst of a fog, that you can still begin to see the light of God showing you the right way. The next thing is, is, the, is to hear the sound. They, was, they would give a sound, and that sound would, would rescind off of land and let them know how close they was. And I'll tell you what, if you've got ears to hear, God can bring you through. But it's important to see that you have spiritual eyes that's open. And it's important this year, not only you have spiritual eyes that's open, but you've got spiritual ears that can hear. Praise the Lord. Now, let me, let me say, they were, they were messing around with my notes back there a few minutes ago. I'm going to blame somebody else for it. Give me just a moment here, because I want you to quickly be able to pull. I really can't pull it out. But the fog, the Lord, it began to talk, talk to my heart. The fog was going to be illustrated in our lives in several different directions. One thing the fog was going to be illustrating in your life is through your thoughts. Your thoughts are going to become foggy. It's going to be the, in the sense of that you're not going to be able to, to be able to find your way clear. I mean, I mean, it's going to become foggy. If you're, if you're going to depend, so this year is going to force you to be a spiritual person. Now, you may have been a strong mental person. You may have really had a love for God, but you're a strong mental person. You're, you've been a person that a man's man or a woman's woman. You could set your own course, you could, but it's not going to work this year. Because in the midst of fog, the one of the first place that that tax is going to come is in your thinking. It's going to become foggy and unable to make clear decisions and unable to make clear, find the clear path that God has for you. So he's going to be attacking in the midst of thoughts. Not only is he going to be attacking in the midst of thoughts, but he's going to be attacking also. I'm going to, can somebody come here and help, help me real quick? I need, I need your help. I had, had a little had some, had some helpers helping me just a few minutes ago. My list was in there. One of you guys <laughs> ate it. Yes, there it is. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. And uh, I'm just going to, because I wanted to be sure and, and list the ones that the Holy Spirit had inspired me of. The way that fog is going to appear in your life. One way it's going to appear is going to, like I said, through your thoughts. Another way it's going to be in your memories. Your memories. And, and if you're of age that I am, you understand you can't trust your memory much anyway. But I want you to know, but it's going to be harder than that. It's going to be your good memories and your bad memories. Especially your bad memories. You're going to the things that you had already had allowed the Lord to forget in you. That there's going to be a real occurrence of those things. And so you're going to have to be be heart toward God to the point to where you're going to say, I'm not going to let those memories come back into my life. And then not only your memories, but your emotions. Your emotions. It's going in a you're a foggy that fears and uh, can be all upset. In the midst of a fog, you imagine all kind of things. In the midst of a fog, you, you can imagine something right behind you, right beside you. You can imagine something coming at you. So what you're going to have to do is not trust your feelings. It's going to have to be a year where you're going to trust discerning of spirits. You're going to trust God's discernment in you, and you're not going to be able to trust your feelings. And that fog also going to, is going to surface in hurts and betrayals. Some of you have been betrayed in the past. Many of you have. And you have tremendous hurts that's there. And what the enemy is going to try to do is going to try to resurface those things. Things you've already dealt with. Things you've already forgiven. Things that's already been placed under the blood. But this is going to have to be a year. You're not, you cannot let the fog resurface those things. Another one is generational sins. 
There's some of you that have been changed. Some of you have, have had a real battle in your life through generational sins. It wasn't that you opened the door to that sin, but forefathers, somewhere, parents or grandparents are back to four generations somewhere, they opened up a door to that. And you thought that you had worked in your life to overcome it. And you did overcome it. But now that thing's trying to resurface. That, that same bondage that your grandparents had or your same bondage that, that a former person had in your family, all of a sudden that same bondage is trying to come back in your life. But that is the fog. you just got to say and got to realize that's just this fog. I'm not going to let it control my life and I'm not going to let it be what I believe. Another thing that's going to come is aggressive fears. Many of you have gotten, you've overcome fears. I, I, was, I was raised in a, a family. I was, I, this is our second service. I just had a service inside. And when I was preaching that service inside, I said, my family, we learned to worry. We, we could worry with the best of them. We was, we was trained up how to fear and how to worry. And there, and there wasn't many people I didn't feel that could worry could, could out-worry me. In fact, I thought, you're supposed to believe God, then you worry. Thought you had faith, then you worry. But then I found out what worry does, it negates your faith. It does away with your faith. Because those fears that we have been freed from, we're going to find this year they're going to try to resurface. Do not give them an inch. Let me say that. Do not give things that you have gotten, uh, that you have defeated in your past, do not allow them to surface for an inch in your life. Because if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. But in the name of Jesus, it's just the fog of this year. And we're going to stand against this fog and we're going to believe the truth of God's Word. Amen? Alright, not only fears, but they're going to come as dreams in the night. Uh, I mean, a guy, many of you have progressed in your life where the Lord has begun to take your dreams and give you godly dreams. And God speaks to you. And that's prophetic prophetically prophesied in the Word of God that God is going to use your dream life and God's going to help you to, to know His will simply through talking to you in your dreams. And God wants to speak, but the devil's going to try to rob that from you this year. God's going to try, I mean, the devil's going to try to take your dream life and bring it back into such a fog and such a disgrace and such a, 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 a sense of failure to where in the name of Jesus... You're going to have to put the blood on it. You're going to have to determine that's just part of the fog. And then one of the ways he's going to try to use that fog is in words that people say to you. Many of you have overcome what people think. You had to deal with that earlier in your life. You, you had to deal with it. You had to walk through that, what people thought of you. And it became such a fear of people, such a controlling factor, to literally many of us were controlled simply by people's thoughts about us. And this is going to be a year where that's going to try to resurface in your life. But I'm going to tell you what. Whom the, God, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And what God has freed you from, you're going to refuse to allow it to have control again. Another way, and this is the last one I want to mention to you. The fog's going to try to appear through judgments that you've made. Rash judgments has a curse associated with them. Each one of us made judgments. Even as children, we made judgments about things. I mean, you can see it in somebody else quicker. You can usually recognize in somebody else quicker than you can yourself. You can stand there and be talking to somebody, and, and they'll be talking about something. You've been in your, in your thinking. You'll say, boy, that's childish. That thinking's childish. Because what happened is that was a place that they had made a decision made a rash judgment about things or people when they was a child, but now their life is still controlled by it. I tell you what, I was 
have a little comical story that I tell that it illustrates this so well. And I was I was married and had a baby and grown working them jobs and making my money. I worked at night. And so what happened, I would work at night and then I would uh, get in about 4 o'clock in the morning because I was going to, going to school in the daytime. And so I would get in about 4 o'clock in the morning, but where we lived, Lane and I lived down an alleyway. You couldn't drive to our house. You had to walk down this alley. So I would have to park at this huge building that was built back in the 1800s, I think. And it looked like an old castle. Man, at night, at that building itself was scary. Well, what I would have to do, I'd come in like 4, 4.30 in the morning. I, I would park at this old castle-looking building. And then I had to get out, and I had to walk down this alley to get to my little shack of a house that Lane and I was living in at that time, which was in the backyard of what had been a funeral home. It had all the makings to a scary story. Well, what happened was, night after night, I kept hearing grown man had a baby, worked on jobs, had a wife, but I would keep hearing this chain. This chain would be dragging behind me. And there I was. A man had children, a wife, a job, but I had a fear that was associated with my childhood past. And what happened is, finally, the Lord said, I'm going to just show you how, how comical that is. After the Lord let me suffer, it came to the point I hated to come home and work. <laughs> it came to the point, man, I imagined all kinds of things. There I was. I was walking down that little dark alleyway at night trying to get to my house. I'd hear that chain dragging right there behind me. And I would think, man, there's a monster there. There's a devil there. There's... I would imagine all kinds of things. Let me tell you what. Childhood judgments can stay with you no matter how old you are. Well, if the Lord let me be tormented a while, then He said, I'm going to just show you how comical that is. So I pulled up that, that next, or, or pulled up a night, there pulled up the, that building again that looked like that castle there in the middle of the night. And I looked out there and there was a flagpole right out there in front of it. And hanging on that flagpole, and that night the wind, wind was blowing, which it usually did blow. I was living in Texas, and so the wind was blowing. And I got out, and I heard something right there. I heard that chain. And then as I began to investigate what it was, that flagpole had a chain hanging on the end of it. And if that wind would blow, it would just rake that old, rake that flagpole. And me walking down that alleyway, don't matter how far I got, I could hear that chain there at 4.30 in the morning. And that's the way childhood judgments do. Childhood judgments will keep us from ever experiencing the blessing of God. But the Bible says, Paul said that when I became a man, I put away childish things. Each one of us have things that's trying to rule us. And the devil is going to try to use it in the midst of this fog this year to try to steal what God has for you. But if you will hold on, honey, if you will hold on and keep your faith in God, if you will keep trusting, there's three simple things, and let me close out with this. Three simple things that you can do that will help you to stay on course in the midst of fog. One thing that you have to do is you've got to keep your heart toward God. No matter what's happening in your life this year, no matter what the fog looks like, number one, you've got to keep a heart toward God. What that means is, oh, unforgiveness is going to try to grab a hold of you. Anger is going to try to help you. You've got to say, that's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of God. That's, that's not the heart of God. 
And you're going to have to determine that in the midst of this fog, you're going to have to determine, I'm going to keep the heart of God. I'm just going to keep after the heart of God. You've got to just make that decision. No matter what it looks like, no matter what depression is trying to come, no matter what discouragement is trying to take a hold of your life, you've just got to say, I'm going to keep the heart toward God. I'm going to keep the heart of God. The second thing that you've got to do, you've got to keep your life built around the church. There's things that God wants to do in your life that will never happen to you alone. They'll happen to you as you're gathered here with the church. Let me tell you something. I'm here this morning and about to freeze standing up here on this thing. I'm enjoying it so much. But in the process of, you know what, right now my body's being healed. You know, right now my mind's being changed. You know, you know, Alicia, right now your body's being healed. As the church come together, supernatural things begin to happen. As the church comes together, there's a supernatural workings that begins to happen. Right now, as I stand up here, I'm being healed. My mind is being healed. Strength is coming in my life. Man, I tell you what, and it endures too. Because in the midst of the fog, you got to keep your life built around the church. You can't make it by yourself. The Bible says there's things that's taking place against your life. There's going to be two or more that come into agreement. I don't know where you're going to find somebody to agree with you more than you're going to find in church. But I'm here agreeing with you today that God's healing you, that He's delivering you, that He's helping you, that He's working in you, that He's bringing for you. God's going to bring you through if you'll just hold on to what God has for you. God's going to bring it through. Then the third thing is, You've got to keep your time centered around your family. Because I'll tell you the truth, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of people that will stand with you, but there's nobody that will stand with you like your family. Your family may be four, may be a, a child four years old. But I'm going to tell you what, that child four years old can bring more power into your life than sometimes a 50-year-old that doesn't care anything about you. So you've got to keep your time centered around your family. So... This, this year, during this year of fog, I want you to make a term. I'm going to keep a heart toward God. If you're going to keep a heart toward God, let's hear that sound. You're going to keep that heart toward God. And then, and then the second thing, you're going to keep your life built around the church. Let's hear that sound if you're going to do that for the glory of God. And then, and then the third thing is, then you're going to keep your time built around your family. Keep your time built around your I believe with all my heart if we'll do those things. Somebody says... Somebody says, well, what about the Word? The Word's in every one of those things. You can't have a heart without God. You can't, or you can't have a heart with God unless you've got a heart for the Word of God. And you're not going to have a heart for the church unless you've got a heart for the Word. And you're not going to be able to be right in your family unless you've got your Word. The Word of God sets the pace for everything we do in life. Amen. I want to pray with you real quick to ask God to forgive those that need forgiveness. If you're here this morning, if you need the forgiveness of the Lord, right there in your car, just shut your eyes right now and pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin, and I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask you to cleanse me. Forgive me and cleanse me. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen for the glory of God. Now, now I want us I want to close this morning with a praise going out of heart. Steve, I want you to begin a praise if you would. And I want you to, as you leave off this parking lot, I want you to leave off this parking lot singing. I want you to leave off this parking lot a little different than you, than you came here. 
You may have come here this morning about half-eyed open and, and still sleepy and, and, and dragging along, but it's, you're not that way now, man. You've been with the church of the living God. Oh, you've been in the service of people that love Jesus and serve God. So you've got a different heart and mind on you right now. Let's go out of here rejoicing in the Lord. God bless you. We love you with all of our heart.